Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas. So I'm back today for another episode. I did do one yesterday with Mark Hello, so make sure to check that one out out as well. Today I was joined by Ricky as we went through a game review um, where the big improvements were from uh, the Brisbane game and even the first three rounds to where we are, uh, where we, how we played against uh, Sydney Swans. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll try and speak uh, better English. Um, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was really fun chat as, as it always is with Ricky. So anyways, I won't hold you up. I'll bring on Ricky right now. All right, so I'm joined here by Ricky. So Ricky, a pretty impressive um, response after the Brisbane game. Uh, what, how did you make it at the game? Well, I couldn't get much worse than the Brisbane game. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you wrote a, bit, wrote a big article um, talking about the last quarter and, and the st- statistics were quite damning. Um, so there was only one way up, wasn't there, really? Yeah, that's it. That's, um, I always find those type of response games um, really interesting and really revealing. Um, just... Yeah. For how, like, you're always going to get some sort of response. It's just natural human instinct, you know. Um, and I, I, I find for teams that are a lost cause, you might get a quarter, and then it sort of reverts back to normal. Um, and obviously, yeah. North's far from a lost cause in this current sort of state. And um, yeah, they come out with obviously a clear, um, clear method and clear changes, and the roles and responsibilities were, um, you could tell the clarity was there. Um, and to yeah. maintain it for, I guess, three and a half quarters until they until that, they really ran out of legs, um, but yeah. then still managed to stay in it for that last sort of 10, 12 minutes. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I thought it was really impressive. Yeah, really impressive. And it's um, it's a good sign, I think, for, um, for all those intangibles, all that sort of mindset and um, the belief and, and what they want to achieve that um, that, it's, that it's still there. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, does it have to take a 100-point loss for, for a response like this? Oh, ideal, ideally, no. <laughs> <laughs> ideally, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, that's... Um, I think, I mean, I think I think I mentioned the piece uh, last week after the Brisbane game. That first three quarters um, were basically what you would have, or what basically what I expected coming in. That Brisbane are yeah. a really, really good side, and to me, they're to me they're on Melbourne's level, or maybe just touch below, but basically on that same sort of top tier um, of yeah. the competition, especially at the Gabba. They're just, they're just yeah. so hard to beat. Um, and I mean, I think you got to balance out. I mean, twenty two weeks for. For a developing side that still has so much more experimentation, there's so still so in nowhere near where they'll be, you know, even in even in two months, let alone let alone four months. Um, yeah. You know, in, an, in an ideal world, um, all the losses would be, yeah, you know, within thirty points, and and the wins would be big. But um, yeah, of course, it'd be pretty boring if um if everything was like that because um yeah, life's not like that. Not to get all deep and philosophical on the on a football podcast. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I thought I was talking to Dr. Phil there for a second. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but um, oh, I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, look, look, it's just, yeah, it's obviously a great response, but um, we don't want to get, um, yeah, we don't want to revert back to, you know, getting a big flogging before we sort of get that response. Even Jack Zeeble, Jack Zeeble said after the game that uh, this has got to be the standard now and um, we'll set ourselves a bar and, you know, this is where we've got to, um, yeah, we've got to be uh, going forward. We can't just, um, yeah, have a response after one week and then just go back to old habits again. Um, how did, what did, why was there um, a big improvement from what you've seen uh, this week? Was it the team changes? Was it uh, structure or, or combination of a lot of things? 
Uh, a bit of everything. Um, I mean, I, th- I guess it's important to, I guess, to um, to talk about there are still going to be heavy losses coming up. Yeah. Oh, of um, course. But, I mean, there's, there's different types of heavy losses. Like, yeah, back to last year's Good Friday, that really just came about because of um, North being just helpless and having no tools in their armory to stop what the Bulldogs could throw at them, whereas yeah. the game against Brisbane was, um, as we discussed and touched on the, on the Shinbone, more an effort thing late than just really just giving up. And that's that's the sort of stuff that really should be non-negotiable and sort of don't get more than one of one of those passes for a year. But um, I think, yeah, the Sydney game, I, I mean, I, I touched on it again um, on the Shinbone um, piece that there was a lot more clarity in that forward um, in a forward structure and forward roles. Um, then you combine that with guys also having good games, you know, like <laughs> the roles and structures are, um, are one thing, but if, if the guys don't play well, you know, it doesn't really mean much in the end. Um, like you got Jack Marnie playing really well as a pressure role, Zerha was playing further up the field, um, Zebra going forward as well. Um, and then that, and then that's um, sort of linked up with the ball movement. So then when guys coming out of the back half and looked up, they knew they knew patterns of the guys. They knew where Clarkie would be, where Zebel would be, Zerha. They knew money would be at the ground, stop it from bouncing back over their head. Um, yeah. And that's and that's stuff that we haven't seen we haven't seen from North at all this year until until the Sydney game. If we're going to be honest, um, yeah, practice games first three rounds um, that was just non-existent until the game against Sydney. Um, yeah. I think that's the reason it just gives so much more confidence to the team that um, when they win the ball, they know where to go, and then. You know where to go. It's easy to set up behind the ball defensively, um, and obviously it's far from perfect. But um, yeah. it's definitely a step in the right direction. It all came because of guys having good games combined with uh, with clearer roles and responsibilities and the positional changes as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a combination of uh, everything. I couldn't have summed it up better myself. Um, are you a bit surprised? Like we showed this sort of sign uh, second half of last year. Like there was some good wins against Carlton and you know GWS and so forth. Uh, are you surprised we like you talked about the first three rounds how we kind of went away from that? Are you surprised we did go away from that? It looked like a completely we're trying to play a completely different way. Um, I mean a little bit. Um, I always try, always have to um, always kind of struggle is the right word, but um, try to balance out that the progress is never never linear. Well, very yeah. rarely linear, um, and to sort of, sort of balance that and the bumps and bruises against sort of the natural, you, you have to have trial and error sometimes, you know. You know, this, yeah, yeah. you tried this, this doesn't work. It's about like like three tools in round one. Like I was, I think I was one of the more vocal people, being like, this particular three tall combination does yeah. not work. Yeah. And but now you've tried it and you know it doesn't work. Yeah. So at least you you know that for sure, and there's not that unknown. Um, and I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the f- in terms of general setups and structures, it hadn't been too different in rounds two, three, and four um, yeah. compared to that back half of last year. Um, obviously, that back half was very um, COVID interrupted as well, with crowds and, and games going up back and forth. So, um, yeah. so that that affects things as well. And you don't you don't know how much how how real it is until you can do it for more than for more than sort of you know eight to ten weeks um yeah but yeah i mean i, I think it's just, it, it could just be a case of you know you try a few things in the cu- first couple of rounds and it didn't work you get a you get a sort of kick kick in the face um get a couple of teeth knocked out and you realize oh okay um well we know what works let's go go to here and then and then build from there so hopefully hopefully that was uh the one and only kick in the face they get this year against brisbane and um 
and they, yeah. and they can go forward from there. So use a cor corporate phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, exactly. Um, so do you think this, like the way we played uh, last week, do you think this is sustainable for the rest of the year or do you think it, it can only be used in certain weeks against certain matchups? Uh, I definitely think it's sustainable. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're not going to get the same uh, level of performance from like all the more inexperienced guys at the same time. So there's going to be like the natural fluctuations that um, that are inevitable aside like that. But in terms of the in terms of the base level of setups and structures and and effort, I absolutely think it's sustainable. Um, yeah, you can obviously get natural sort of um, young players tiring out towards the back end of the year, but um, I didn't see anything unsustainable in the way they were being asked to play. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a matter of the more reps you get, um, you get better at it. Um, the more the more times you're running these leading patterns, uh, leading up at the ball, where you're looking to kick the ball out out, out of the back half, um, or just yeah. takes reps. But, um, yeah, it all looks sustainable to me. You just uh, just needs time and reps. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. It's just about, um, yeah, it's it's like uh, trying to get uh, muscle at the gym. The more times you you go, the the more 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 chance, you know, you're obviously going to get more muscle. So, yeah, exactly. Like I couldn't put it better myself. So, so uh, who are some of the players that really stood out for you on uh, uh, when was it uh, Sunday? Was it? Or, yeah, when we played. Uh, so, oh, so yeah, 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 yeah I've, I've lost me uh, trying to thought there. Um, yeah, which who are some of the players that stood out for you? Uh, I mean, there was a few. I think I've already touched on, um, very touched on money just before. Um, yeah, obviously, we, I think we've, we've talked about it a lot in terms of trying to find a, a small forward that can, that be that pressure small forward. And, and um, I think if uh, I think Jed Anderson's supposed to come back in the limited minutes in the VFL this week, so um, I think I think he's. And you know, how, who knows how long it's going to take him to get back? It might be a month or something before he's ready for AFL. But yeah. um, I think he's going to be a small forward candidate. So to have Marnie playing this way and potentially you can balance it with Anderson, and we know he can play as a small forward because um, yeah. he's done it before. So um, if Marnie can pair up with Anderson, this is a good start. Um, so he was probably the he was probably the main standout in terms of the pressure acts and, and what he was able to do. Um, I just thought it was. I thought it was a really good team performance. Um, I think yeah. Perez obviously ran out of petrol tickets um, very early, which was to be, to yeah, be expect expected given he played, I think, got two VFL games um, and then straight back in after missing uh, a year with his second knee. Um, I just think if he can continue to build and stay on the park, and obviously he's not going to be you know best 22 straight away, he's probably going to play three or four games then need a rest and, and then come back in. And maybe he plays, I don't know, 12 to 14 games for the rest of the year, yeah, fingers crossed. I just yeah. think he's him playing on the wing and his skill set, it can unlock a lot of options for that midfield mix. Um, mm. Considering the wings are so wide open, there's no, there's no real incumbent, so to speak. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just think his skill set, if he can stay on the park um, and just the places he can get to and, and kick, um, he can be a real line breaker. And I think, fingers crossed, um, yeah, he could be, he could be the big one, but um, I'm, I'm just trying to keep the lid on at this stage. <laughs> yeah, oh, look, it's hard because I, you've seen the talent. He's got a tremendous amount of skill, pace, 
and he can use both sides of his body as well. Like he's just as good yes. on his left foot as he is on the right foot, which is a which is a weapon in itself. And he comes from a soccer background. You've seen that uh, soccer kick. He kicked about 60 metres out of the back half. <laughs> yeah. and he, it was like so easy for him. So, you know, there's there's a lot to work with. Unfortunately, he went to a Sydney player. It would have been nicer to land, <laughs> landed on Kane Turner's uh, chest or anything. But, I think yeah. the best thing with, um, the so- with that soccer um, soccer background is that a lot of the way, um, a lot of the team defences, it it's more and more, it's taking a lot from soccer um, in terms yeah, of like your two lines, your defensive line and, them, to use a soccer cliche, like eight and two banks of four. There's a lot of similarities between that and then the way um, and the way AFL teams defend. And to have that soccer background, obviously he'll know, he'll know how to you know break break the lines with passing, break the lines with, with carrying the ball. And I think um, yeah. I mean it's, it's impossible to measure how much that helped, but I mean it definitely kind of hurt as far as I'm concerned. No, no, definitely. And um, yeah, I mean, with soccer, they, they rely a lot on their wingbacks to get uh, to get forward, to get the crosses into the box. So yeah, it, um, it, it definitely uh, comes in handy to have that sort of background. So yeah, and it obviously uh, reflects on his skills as well, as, um, because he's very yeah. he's very good with his uh, feet. So now you talked about stats. I'm going to throw a little trivia question at you now. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this yesterday to Mark, and he had no idea. Um, yep. So if I was to name a one player that got the uh, most pressure points on Saturday and ha- equal leading tackle count without looking, um, who would you say that would be in the team? Um, well, I actually had this tab right in front of me, so I'm going to spoil the fun already. Oh, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> <I> actually, <laughs> well, the, the AFL tab has LDU as the top. Um, I, I guess that's, that spoils it because I literally had these stats up in front of me as we're talking. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so I, ru- I ruined your fun. Uh, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, I actually had uh, Jaden Stevenson had 59 pressure points and eight tackles. So Oh, there you go. Maybe I get AFL de- uh, definition on the, their website must be different because they have yeah, yeah. 26 pressure acts and, and Stevenson with 25. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think Harold Sun gave my champion data and stuff like that. So, yeah, I just uh, I had a look at that. So, But does that surprise you? Like that, uh, someone like Stevenson, who's come a long way. Obviously, I think he went to the Melbourne game in the preseason, where he was pretty much coasting uh, for the whole game, and even in the second preseason game against Sydney. And then round one, um, yeah, didn't have much of an influence. Does that surprise you? Um, I guess it's a good thing about his maturity level. That uh, obviously he realised that he wasn't working hard enough and had to lift his game. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, surprising. I don't know. I'm surprising probably a level too high in terms of I'm just trying to find the word to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to describe it. Um, sure. <laughs> I, I, did, yeah, I did notice in, um, in David Noble's uh, press conference, he did mention, and he didn't want to get into specifics, which is, um, was fair enough, but he mentioned how Stevenson was um, was basically trying to be better with his preparation. And, and the implication that I got um, from, from those lines from Noble was that Basically, Stevenson hadn't been up to scratch with his preparation and all the off the field stuff beforehand. Um, yeah. And then, and then after getting, I think I said kicking the teeth about twelve times in the last ten minutes, but <laughs> been getting that. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of it seems, at least for now, that it's been a bit of a wake up call. Like he was decent last week, and then um, yeah, he and was. then good again against against Sydney. And I think that extra midfield time helps um, just to get him into the game. Um, whether it's kind of yeah, on ball, but kind of still playing a bit outside, or a little bit of wing time, um, so he's never going to be that sort of bash and crash, get your fifteen contested no. possessions every game. Um, yeah. But I just think um, he does, he does read the game very well in terms of an accumulating um, 
link play type of type of deal. So, and I think yeah, yeah and hopefully, hopefully the penny's dropped and it's not one of those unsustainable two to three week, um, you know, yeah. positive yeah. you know, trends and before he goes back to normal. So um, yeah, yeah, wait, wait, wait and see for me with that one. Um, but um, the signs have been good since he came back in the side over the last fortnight. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. I couldn't agree more. Like, uh, yeah, because it's it sort of uh, you could sort of see the immaturity. Like, um, yeah, and why Collingwood sort of probably. I mean, Collingwood uh, pretty much just gave up on him. But yeah, you know, like you sort of seen that bit of immaturity. Yeah, you know, over the first couple of seasons, that if things don't go his way, then he's he, he's he sort of looks like he has a bit of a sulk and doesn't work hard enough. But um, yeah, if the hard work comes with him, uh, then he, he's going to be a very damaging player. And uh, yeah, very good for us uh, long term. So enough of talking about everyone else. Let's. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the next minute or two to talk about Jason Horn Francis. <laughs> uh, go for it. How good is he? <laughs> oh, very good, very good. I'm, I'm just worried about they're, they're four games in, and I don't know what we're supposed to say after game eight or ten or, or twenty <laughs> because I'll, I'll have um I'll be looking in the in the thesaurus for. <laughs> for new words, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, that first half in that first half in particular, I think it was sixteen touches, five clearances. I should know because I tweeted it at the time. Um, yeah, yeah, I did see that. Um, and uh, it's it's I mean it's basically echo what I tweeted at the time. It's it's very funny to see all the best intentions and best laid plans of okay, we like we want to protect him. We don't want to expose yeah. him too much too early. We don't want to. You know, he's going to be a, uh, all things willing a fifteen year player um, yeah. for North. You know, we don't want to you know, don't want to break him too early, risk him breaking down, all that sort of stuff. And then you realise once he gets out in the field, that's why he's he's too good. <laughs> he's, too, yeah. he's too good. You can't yeah. have him on. You can't have him on half forward. Um, you can't have his main stints at half forward. His only occasional stints on on board has to be the other way around because um, yeah. he's eighteen years old and and four games in, and he's already. He's already one of the best players at the club, um, and I mean, I, I would imagine as his first season goes on, you might, you know, fade a little bit, fade out a little bit in the last sort of six to seven weeks, which is which is natural with all all first year players. Um, you know, very few are going to finish, <laughs> very few first year players are going to finish as, as strong as they started. Um, yeah. But I mean, you can just you can you can just do everything already, and he's just and he's just going to get better um yeah. as he as he builds that AFL body and can run games out for four quarters. Um, I think. I think his only touch of that last quarter um, was that 50 meter kick right near the end, which almost sailed through. Which yeah, I know, it almost went through. <laughs> yeah, I think they would have heard my roar uh, from Sydney, and I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, however, however many kilometers Melbourne away is away from Sydney, yeah. they would have heard my roar if that went through. Um, oh, you wouldn't have been the only one, trust me. So. <laughs> yeah, I was, exactly. I was jumping up and down when I was when it was halfway through the year. I thought that's going in. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. I was only about a meter or two short. So yeah, no, he's um. Yeah, and just, I mean, just like he's just well-rounded. Yeah. In all facets of his game, like he sees the game, but he doesn't only use that for an offensive thing. He he also uses it for defensively and place himself in positions. Like you get the eye-catching stuff. Um, yeah. Like where he might he might pick it up in between like two eagles, like he did um, in round two, and he, or he might burst past a pack. But it's just the spots he realizes. When his teammates are in prime position, so he'll hang back, and um, it's, he's just very well rounded already. And I mean, once once his fitness builds up to the point where he can run out four quarters and, and get from contest to contest, like mm. the truly elite midfielders are, oh, um, sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean that's the, that's probably the only four you can find in him. You probably just can't run that four quarters out. And I think the club 
wanted to protect him a bit and wanted to play him forward predominantly with spells in the midfield. But, um, I mean, it's got to the stage now. We've thrown that all out the window and he's, he's one of our best midfielders already. Um, you just pretty much got to play him there and, yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, his body can hold up. He's got a very mature body for an 18-year-old. I, I don't, like, I can only remember one other, and that's probably Matt Rowe that's coming to the system yep. in the last probably five to ten years that's got that mature body that can handle the big hits. Um, he, he actually throws the big hits, if anything. So, yeah, yeah no, he's, um, there's there's not much uh, more you can say about him. Um, if he stays fit and gets fitter and plays on ball for the rest of the season, could he win our best and fairest? It's not a silly question, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Um, yeah. I think let's. Well, I guess if we're if we're assuming he keeps playing um, with this four, I think he'll be top top five, top six. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I think he'll. I think he'll be sort of top five, top six by sort of when, by whenever the buy is sort of around twelve, thirteen, and then he might fade a little bit. Um, yeah. With the natural sort of grind of, of a first year player. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, if he's top five at halfway, I, I wouldn't blink an eyelid. Um, no, 100%. He's, he's already, he can already damage games. And I think the key to that is you can see the respect other teams are playing, are paying to him already. You saw that with Sydney, and Sydney don't hand that out easily um, yeah. with the way they set up. But I mean, not to turn this into a comparison um, between, you know, Horn Francis and Dacos and a few other guys. Um, where Sydney looked at Horn Francis and they said, okay, well, our first task is to how can we stop his influence? Right. And then if you look, say, Collingwood uh, rounds uh, two or three against Adelaide, I think around, um, Adelaide were trying to make their mission to actually exploit Dacos and play through his opponent when Dacos is in the back half. And that's not to denigrate Dacos at all. He's going to be, yeah. going to be just as Horn Francis. But it's just, it's just funny to see the different types of players and, and how they can and how they can impact games. So it's going to be, um, I feel like that's going to be a debate board topic for the next decade. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how, how they both develop and they'll both probably be very high in the brown loaf once, when they're in their prime year after year. Yeah, 100%. No, I think I'd be I'd be surprised if he doesn't get close to winning one and get a top three finish in probably the next three or four years, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> on Francis, the way he's going, he's, I mean, if he was in a better team, he'd probably win in brown loaf, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, he's... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's you can't say much more than what you what you've pretty much already said about him. So we better move forward before it uh, becomes a whole podcast about Jason or Francis. And yeah, um, <laughs> are you happy uh, to keep Zebel up forward um, after last? I mean, obviously it's it's a one off thing, but um, he has played forward, you know, in his previous history. What what do you see? Do you see him as as a better forward or as a um, defender or a bit of mix of both, depending on situation? Well, I think overall he's a better forward. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't think, I don't. To be honest, I mean, to be blunt, I don't really think that's up for debate. He's obviously a better forward than defender. Um, yeah, he's played there through juniors and and through most of his you know 10, 11, 12 years, however long he's been at the club. And it was more a matter of necessity, um, him going back. And um, there was a line again to reference Noble's post-match presser. Um, he mentioned that opponents are trying to exploit him, and that sort of risk reward of him him being back, it turns into too much of a risk compared to reward. And that was part of the reason they put him forward against Sydney. Um, mm. I think I, I think it was about an hour ago, as we're talking right now, he had a um, press conference and I saw a tweet um, where Zeb said he's probably, probably going to play forward again this week, um, yeah. which they, to me makes sense given the, the Bulldogs, um, there's, there's sort of array of medium and 
and small forwards that have yeah. routinely cut North up in, in previous yeah, years. Um, yeah. no, I think Thieves is a great matchup for a lot of those guys. Um, and then I think after that, um, I, th- I think it's just going to be sort of case by case, um, yeah. also with player availability as well. If um, you know, if there's a couple of injuries in the back in the back half, they might ask Zeeb to go back. You know, if there's a couple of injuries in in the forward half, then then Zeeb stays forward. Um, I think he's at the point in his career where he he can adjust week to week if needed. Like I wouldn't really want, say, a 20 year old or or a 21 year old to be going back and forth every week. Um, but yeah. I think I think Zeeb's in a situation where he can do that, and, and it's not going to um, it's not going to affect his game. But um, I mean, overall, I think it's yeah, he's obviously much better as as a forward, but. Um, yeah. we we know he can play he can play back as well if needed. Like he was he was I mean I don't have the stats in front of me, but he was really really high in intercept possessions last yeah. year. Um, yeah, he was. Doesn't fit the traditional I guess stereotype of what we think a mid-sized defender is. But I, I thought he was I thought he took the job quite well last year. Yeah, he was right up there with meters gained as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he's, he's got uh, a good kick on him, a good foot on him. So yeah, I mean I like him as a forward and. He's a very smart forward as well. He seems to, he seems to be naturally uh, better suited up forward. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, David Noble likes um, having that uh, Luke Hodge type general in defence. They yeah. probably seen him as a bit of a leader and you know um, back there. But uh, it's an interesting one. While we've got uh, forwards and backs talking about uh, versatility, what about Kane Turner? He obviously did a job on Nick Blakey on the mm-hmm. weekend. Did a good job. Do you see his role uh, as that, or do you like him as that uh, lockdown small defender? Um, I, I I like him as I guess not too dissimilar to to Zeebs, to be honest. Um, in in yeah. terms of floating as that defensive person in any sort of area of the field, depending on yeah. depending on the week. Um, like he spent against against Brisbane, he spent a bit of time on on Neil was in the middle. Like yeah. he start he sort of start um center bounces in the four fifty and then come up and and tag off with one of the north guys and and, and take on Neil. Um, like we've seen him tag, I think. A couple of midfielders previously. We've seen him um, be a back pocket, and the thing is, like, not to not to slight Kano's skills, but he's not going to get you fifteen possessions every week. He's probably going to be eight to ten, and which yeah, um, which lends him to that sort of defensive lockdown spot yeah. um, weekly, yeah. and just depending yeah. on where it is. Like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if um, I mean this this week against the Bulldogs, you go either way. You could try lockdown on. Say Caleb Daniel, um, yeah. no, as a defensive forward, or, or you obviously go back and play on someone like Cody Waitman. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think much like Steve's, it's going to be a, a week to week thing. And, and and Kano's been in the system long enough now that I think he's similar to Steve's, where he can he can go back and forth every week, um, uh, depending on depending on what the matchup calls for, and it's not going to affect his game because I mean, let's be honest, it is a purely defensive game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're important players. Exactly. Like Paul, Paul Popolo uh, won premierships playing that sort of similar role for Hawthorne for a number of years. And there's been a number of others as well that's played that defensive forward or, yeah, I mean, Paul Popolo never went back. But, um, oh, yeah, he's a very good uh, small defender as well. Locked down. He's played on, um, you know, most dangerous small forwards last year and done a good job. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's handy. He's a, you know, a Swiss army knife in that regard. And like you said, he played on Lockie Neal as well. So, yeah, he, he can, he'll, he'll do a team uh, team job for you. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with those types of players. It's like a movie. There's, there's only one or two star characters and then the rest are pretty much in the role. So he'll just play his role for um, 
for the team. Um, what did you make of um, Artu's decision at the end of the game? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I think at that stage, I guess we all, we all want, um, we all just want a long ball in, don't you? And um, yeah. either get a, a mark or a crumb. Um, I actually, I saw a couple of tweets. I haven't watched the vision itself, but I think on uh, on first crack on Fox Footy, they showed a couple of, of his teammates pointing at Goldie yeah. to go. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, can, I mean, obviously, personal preference. I'd like him to go long and, and try to lock it in. You never know what can. I'd rather see what happens twenty meters out from goal rather than sixty. But I can also see the logic in in going short to um to Goldie because then from, from fifty five out, you can. It's um considering the Sydney defense was packed, was sitting. Yeah. Um, it, it gave you the option you might get someone running past for the handball and have a shot from fifty. Um, and that's pro- that was. That's probably an easier shot to get yeah. rather than bombing it long to a, you know eight on twelve pack situation uh, twenty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, personal preference. I would have loved him to go long, but um, I think that's the instinct that takes takes over all of us in the last minute of the one goal game. But um, I can yeah. I can see why I can see why he went short. Sure. Yeah, I, I thought uh, yeah, Goldstein took it a bit easy as well. I'm probably expecting to mark that, like not to be critical of Goldstein, but maybe maybe he just wasn't um, because he was apparently was free for a few seconds there, and they did call for him, the senior players, but he just held on the ball onto the ball a bit too long. And yeah, I mean, if it gets the Goldstein, then you probably get a deeper kick as well. Like you might get yeah. one 15 meters out, and I think they they probably had a few Sydney players about 30 out, so. I don't think he has a penetration in his kick to go too deep. So maybe that, that was his thinking and the I team's think thinking. So, yeah, I, I think it was blown up a bit. I mean, there was a good chance that we were still going to lose. Like, um, I, know, I know you get that deep forward entry, but uh, if Todd Goldstein's 70 metres out, I'm not too sure he's up forward. Nick Larky didn't take a mark all game. So you're probably – I'm not too sure who you're relying on to take that big pack mark against, you know, like you said, about 12 Sydney players. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind the decision. It might, like, he might have been able to, you know, give and get with his pace yeah. to break a line uh, for Goldstein. So, I yeah. think the key part that um, – oh, sorry to cut you off, but I think the key part no, no, that no, no. Hasn't, I haven't seen brought up too much apart from a, a sporadic mention here and there is if we're going to point out any areas where R2 could have been better, I think it yeah. came immediately after he got the 50 and he yeah. and he jogged and didn't take those 50 metres straight away. And yeah. it was that, you know, you could, you could have gained three or four seconds – if he sprinted the 50 or at least ran a bit harder for 50. And then yeah. the Sydney defence either might not have had time to push back. You might have found more gaps or you never know. You could have drawn another 50 with, I think, with Hayward backpedalling on yeah, the mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just about so to think, say that. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the area if we're looking at somewhere, some some place that like undisputably could have been better. It was that. It was taking the 50 quicker and seeing yeah. what kind of stress that put on the Sydney defenders as they were retreating. Um, but in terms of the actual kick itself, as, as much as it would have, as I would have liked it to go deep, I think it's it's understandable why he went short and you can see the options. Yeah, I think it was buying up a bit too much too, and particularly on social media. That um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't cost us a game. And like you said, I think if he sprinted, because Will Will Haywood was complaining to the umpire still. So if he sprinted, he might have been able to get closer to him. He might have got a hundred million penalty. You never know. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, his uh, his instinct was to probably think about what his next move was, um, maybe instead of just um, yeah trying to do it as quick as he can. But um, yeah, it's a lesson for him anyway. So that's that, that's the most Absolutely. important thing. Uh, moving forward, so we've got uh, the big game this Friday. How important is uh, Good Friday uh, for the club this week? 
No, I, mean, I mentioned at the bottom of the Shimbona piece. Um, that's yeah, the thing I've mentioned about ten, about 10 times in the last half an hour. But, um, <laughs> um, I mean, if people, like opposition clubs, you know, when they when they come up against smaller clubs, they, they often go, oh, it's their grand final and use it as sort of a, a negative yeah. term. But, I mean, to be honest, that's, that's what this week is for North Melbourne. It's yeah. like it's their grand final. It's their biggest game of the year. Um, I mean, as much of an intangible it is, as it is, they have to be up for it. I mean, it's their best chance to paint a picture, a positive picture to a general public who doesn't know three quarters of these players. Um, you know, you and I, we know every player on the list, all the, probably 99% of the, play, of the people listening to this um, at the moment know every everyone on the North Melbourne list. But, mm. um, but I mean, the fact of it is, most of the general public don't, and Friday is going to be their first their first look at a number of players. Um, the story I always tell about um, about when people not knowing who North players are a, a few years ago. Uh, I don't know if you remember we tried um, like that curtain type thing instead of a banner for the players to run out um, during home games. Um, yeah. So the first time we did it was round it was around two against Brisbane, um, and it was I reckon it was a Sunday twilight. Um, and it was a it was a fox game, and I'm sitting on the and that was when I was at, still at North, and I'm sitting on the social keys like, all right, here we go. Um, she's wonder <laughs> wonder what the social reception is going to be like here. Yeah, um, and it was nothing, absolutely nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay, they must fans must like it. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, easy done. Next, the next home game, the next home game we had was a, a free to air game, um, and I you know didn't didn't think anything of the. With the curtain and didn't um, like oh, okay it's all right people like it whatever um, yeah. and then as and then as the players are running out and the curtain gets shown for the first time on, on free to air TV like just Twitter just lit up for the next like half an hour like what the so and so is this this is ridiculous what do you think that is a tradition and all these people for, that's the first time they'd ever seen it they didn't have any inkling that it happened. <laughs> Happened yeah. in the first time game of the year because um, they don't watch Fox and they only work and they don't have Fox, so they're not in a position to afford Fox, um, whatever it is, and they only watch free to air games. And that's the type of audience that is going to be watching North, they just have no clue about North. And yeah. if a good performance on Friday doesn't have to be a win by any means, just a positive performance can at least have those people walking away from the game or, or when they flick off the TV Friday evening and go, Hey, that was. That was fun to watch. Or I, you know, I like, I like Davies Uniac. Or, you know, I, I like, you know, Ben McKay's an awesome defender. He kept Norton to a goal. You know, those sorts yeah. of things. Um, they're the sorts of opportunities that are here on Friday. Um, yeah. And 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 they have to make the most of it, really. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the long-term future of it uh, as of yet, though. You know, we aren't committed, and especially after last last season where we lost by, I think it was 20-odd goals, wasn't it? So yeah. we kind of want to make amends for that at least and, you know, put in a really good performance. And, uh, yeah, look, you get uh, Jason on Francis on the centre stage as well, which would be uh, which would be good. So And uh, people can see Flynn Perez. So yes, that's, exactly. uh, that's even better. Yeah, <laughs> so that's even better. So um, saying all that... In saying all that, uh, I should say, uh, any changes you'd like to see this week? Uh, I think Zerhar's officially out, I believe. Yeah, is, that, yeah. is that right through um, the concussion yeah, protocols? Um, I would imagine Eddie Ford will come straight back in for Zerhar, assuming Ford is out of health and safety protocols in time and, he, and he's recovered okay. Um, I haven't yeah. heard any word on that yet, but um, fingers crossed Ford's okay. Um, yeah, I should. Covered all right. Yeah. Um, but I think that would be the... That'd be the main change. Um, 
I know yeah. Riley Beveridge reported on AFL.com uh, about a earlier today um, that a bunch of guys are coming back in the VFL. Um, we mentioned, uh, mentioned Jed Anderson coming back VFL and uh, apparently Will Phillips is going to play uh, VFL uh, Friday as well. Um, I think Pollock is probably still out. Um, that article said he'd seen a specialist about about the foot issue that kept him out against Sydney, so I can't imagine he'll be back um, six, six days later. So, um, yes, I think at this stage it, just, it looks like it's going to be just to half a forward, but um, who knows what will come up between now and team selection. It could be anything <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like if Jared Pollock's fit, you you probably don't pick him anyway, do you? You probably play reserves. You'd have to think based on his early season form. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if I was in charge of team selection, yeah, he'd be playing VFL. Um, but yes, yes. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, true. And I think uh, Tom Powell's still out as, as well uh, this week. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, you got to back the players in that uh, put in a good performance last week as well. So you probably yeah. I mean. There's only what if there's an enforced change, that's probably much the only one you can think of. Um, there's also no one the else BFL really. last week as well. It's um, it's hard to have any exposed form to go on, and obviously, the one obviously, the game before the buyer was a hundred point loss, so yeah, 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 100%. So, yeah, well, um, we'll see how we go. I mean, there's Callum Colin Jones in reserves, but he, I can't really see him getting an opportunity, um, with Cherry and Goldstein in, you know in uh, good form at different periods. So he's probably one player that misses out, uh, unfortunately, at the moment, because he probably is the best 22 player, but just as far as team team structure goes, he can't fit in, can he? Yep. I, mean, I also don't think I don't think Combin is too far away. I reckon he might be yeah. a couple more weeks away, um, just based off. He does seem to be, <coughs> excuse me, um, moving. That's been moving quite well and, and marking yeah. the ball quite well. Um, obviously, he had limited opportunities against Brisbane, but um, that first VFL game of the year, he looked... Like he's moving all right, so I think they just want to get by the looks of it. It seems like they just want to get some matches into his legs because it's easy for us to forget how how rarely he's played since he got to the club. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's um, you know somewhere within the next month or so he gets he gets a call up this week, probably too soon. But um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we thought it was probably going to be too soon for Flynn Perez, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he came in pretty pretty quickly and. Yeah, I think I don't think he's far away. I think they want to give him a, a number of weeks to make sure his body can hold up, and yeah. then uh, they'll probably put him in um, soon, uh, fairly soon. I'm sure he'll find uh, some good form in the VFL. Uh, so yeah, no, it's going to be that's going to be another exciting talent that's going to come into the team. Hopefully, touch wood that uh, he doesn't get injured. That will come into the team in the next uh, few weeks too. So yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing about that game on Friday is um is that it's at Arden Street at I think twelve oh five or twelve fifteen. So it's um it's a good time. So you you, you, know, you go there, have lunch, watch the game and then just stroll down the road to Marvel and 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 watch the AFL. So um it's a uh, yeah. yes it might be one of those days where you take more out of the um in terms of a long term point of view, you take more out, out of the VFL performance performers um compared yeah. to the AFL ones. So um yeah chocolate block good Friday. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So it's a good day for the club, and um, yeah, we we do seem to promote Good Friday uh, pretty well as yes, well. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, in saying all that, Rick, uh, where can people find your lovely work? I mean, we have mentioned it a few times, but uh, plug it again. I actually have a stopwatch here every two minutes. I have to mention it uh, once. Yeah, the shimbone dot com is all there. Um, uh, if you would like to subscribe to Patreon, it's patreon.com slash the shinboner. Uh, different tiers there. Um, and on Twitter, it's rickm18.
Yeah, and just with the um, machinebone.com, it's not just North Melbourne stuff, is it? It's uh, other teams as well, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, other teams as well. So I got a every Monday where I just look, just look at random trends around the, the league that um, that caught my eye. Um, yeah. discuss, I was discussing the stand rule and how teams are trying to sort of counteract that this week. Um, did a piece on Port Adelaide the week four, why they're 0-3, which looks much worse now that they're 0-4. Uh, <laughs> put in yeah. the worst performance in years. Um, but, yeah, yes, obviously um, the, I'm stuck with the Shimbo name, obviously. Um, don't want to get rid of that brand recognition but uh yes but it's not just uh not just north um yeah. then again i'd say most people listening to this are north so that's um yeah 100 probably, probably doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> <laughs> oh still but uh yeah i mean you never know you might get the odd random or something like that that uh, <laughs> might look and sort of see that oh yeah he's talking about my team port adelaide and uh you might get abuse or something like that so that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good no nah, but if you yeah, but uh, I'll definitely recommend uh, following Rick, Ricky. Uh, it's not that much, and you, you support one of your own as well. So, yeah, definitely get behind it. Um, yeah, I mean, just uh, have a couple of 7-Eleven coffees instead of uh, the expensive one at Macca's, and, um, yeah, you're pretty much covered for the month. So, yeah, it's not it's not that much really when you think about it. So, 30 cents a day uh, in the long run. Could yeah. have asked for a better uh, plug myself. <laughs> no, well, that's it. I've, uh, I was writing notes as, as we speak, so just to make, yeah, trying to make something up there. So, no, it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Ricky, uh, hope all goes well with uh, your washing machine. You can get that fixed soon. Uh, did you want to talk to anyone, any listeners that uh, know anything about washing machines, how to fix them or anything like that? Uh, no, mine broke today for anyone that was wondering where that washing machine reference came from. But, um, no, thankfully we're all good. My bathroom is not flooded and I still have a house to live in, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the main thing. That's the most important thing. He's got a roof over his head. So, yeah, even more reason to support Patreon so you can get a new washing machine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Ricky, uh, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, a lot of fun as always. Until next time. So thanks to Ricky for coming on the show once again. So that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, I did do one yesterday as well with Mark Hello, so make sure to check that one out uh, if you haven't already and, yeah, to listen to this one uh, as well. So you get two in two days. Um, yeah, obviously, I've got uh, a bit on later this week, so I couldn't really do an episode later in the week, so I thought I'd get the couple out uh, nice and early and get a couple of uh, people's different opinions. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe to the show. I, I really, um, I really appreciate it. Um, all the all the comments, uh, all the likes I get, the retweets, uh, anything to help out the show. It's uh, it's very much appreciated, and um, yeah, it definitely uh, keeps me going. Uh, anyways, um, that's it for this one. Um, and yeah, I'll be back probably. Oh, I'd say, look, I don't think I'm going to do another one this week. I've got a winning on later in the week, and then you've got the Good Friday game. So probably back. Um, Oh, look, I, on Monday, if I had to take a guess, I'll be back next week. And, yeah, that's it. Anyways, I, I will leave a shout-out to Jeremy Clayton. Bye for now.